Welcome to Scalable Happiness. I'm your host, Taj Grewal. Scalable Happiness. Maximize happiness. Minimize stress. Always be at your best. Thank you everyone for joining us for episode six, Don't Worry Without Action. We eventually want to get to Don't Worry At All, but... Don't worry without action is an intermediate step that must be taken along the way. So one way to think about happiness is that it is the difference between reality and expectations. You can't change reality quickly, but you can change your expectations in an instant. Seneca says, we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. If you think back to all the things you have worried about in your life, I would be willing to bet that more than 90% of the time, these things did not come to pass. And even then, we don't know if what happened to us is going to end up being good or bad for us. Several lottery winners have publicly stated that winning the lottery ruined their life. And countless people needed to hit rock bottom before changing their habits and turning their life around. So the following clip is from the 1960s. During one of his lectures, Alan Watts tells us the parable of the Chinese farmer. Let's give it a listen and discuss after. Upon a time, there was a Chinese farmer whose horse ran away. And all the neighbors came around to commiserate that evening so sorry to hear your horses run away. That's too bad. And he said, maybe. The next day the horse came back, bringing seven wild horses with it. And everybody came around in the evening and said, oh, isn't that lucky? What a great turn of events. You've now got eight horses. And he said, maybe. The next day his son uh, tried to break one of these horses and ride it and was thrown and broke his leg. And they all said, oh dear, that's too bad. And he said, maybe. <laughs> the following day, the conscription officers came around to recruit to force people into the army, and they rejected his son because he had a broken leg. And all the people came around and said, isn't that great? And he said, maybe. <laughs> you see, that is the attitude of not thinking of things in terms of gain or loss, advantage or disadvantage, because you don't really know. Again, we don't really know whether something that happens to us is going to be good or bad for us. Only time will reveal that. That doesn't stop us from worrying, though, does it? So if we do want to worry, if we can't help it for the time being, are there right and wrong things to worry about? Again, let's go to Seneca, who says, only worry about what you can control. So you only want to worry about the things that have a direct effect on you and your loved ones. But really make sure it's a direct effect and not something you are being scared into. For a more modern approach, there's James Clear. He tells us to make progress towards your worries, to take action. Schedule time to tackle your worries. If you are worried about your health, for example, 
turn it into action by going for a walk every day. This is all to protect and fortify the mind. In addition to this, practice self-care to get into a calm state. Anything considered going the extra mile to treat yourself because nobody will value you higher than you value yourself. If you don't think you are worth it, nobody else will either. So take care of yourself. You need to have these release valves in your schedule. If you don't release that heat, it will continue to build up and eventually lead to an explosion. Don't let the news cycle consume you either. Stop watching news that doesn't affect your day-to-day life. You can design your life in a way that you are immune to the news cycle. I can personally attest to this. I stopped watching the news in August of 2020, and my peace of mind improved dramatically. You need to try it, and only then you realize how much of the news doesn't actually inform you. It more tells you what you need to worry about, and often the news is about far-off places that have nothing to do with my daily life. It is always talking negatively about these other places, especially foreign places. It's healthy to be skeptical of anything that makes its uh, revenue from advertisement or the ad revenue model, because what you will quickly find out in a lot of cases is that the advertisers end up influencing the coverage. In news, that's basically come to fruition in terms of clickbait, in terms of running with extreme headlines and showing you what's extreme rather than telling you that everything is fine. One example that comes to mind from this coronavirus coverage, early on, there was an article that got me and my wife to wipe down all of our groceries and Amazon deliveries with Lysol wipes. And I don't recall how many weeks or months we ended up doing this for. And it was based on an article that essentially said that after three days or three days after being exposed to coronavirus, there were still traces of the virus on a piece of plastic. And obviously, that's a great extreme headline to run with. I'm, that, I'm sure that got shared quite a bit. And we weren't alone in wiping down our groceries and deliveries. When I got sick of doing this, I ended up digging further, going back to the article or going back to the study. And it turned out that Sure, there were traces of coronavirus on this sample, but it was minuscule. I, th- I think it would have taken a thousand times the volume or a thousand times the amount of virus or cells to actually infect someone with coronavirus. And there's a clear case where the extreme part was reported with a lot of gusto and the actual facts or the behavior on what I should incorporate in my life, that lead was buried, if not suppressed but it definitely got shares and I'm sure that made a lot of money for advertisers. Mark Twain says, if you don't read the newspaper, you are uninformed. If you do read the newspaper, you are misinformed. Nassim Taleb, to be completely cured of newspapers, spend a year reading the previous week's newspapers. You essentially want to live like an antelope. So what does that mean? You can't be constantly worrying about being eaten alive. Simply run when running is required and go back to living after the danger passes. There's no 
looming anxiety whatsoever. They just tackle the fears in front of them. So over the next week, I would like you to make a list of your three greatest fears. Decide whether they are in your control or not. If that fear is not in your control, strike through it and add another fear to the list. Keep doing this until you have three fears that are within your control. Then, for each fear remaining, write down the action you're going to take to reduce the chances of this event happening. When you are done with that, imagine for a moment that this fear does indeed come true, and write down the actions you will take as a result. If you are afraid of getting fired, for example, I would make sure I have clear expectations from my boss and that I know that the expectations are not unreasonable. If I still manage to be let go, I would collect my severance and apply elsewhere. There are 14 million open job listings right now in the United States. Literally every company out there is hiring. And I can't remember a time when employees had as much leverage as they do today. So that's how I would tackle that fear, for example. The purpose of this exercise is so you realize you can take on anything. You don't need to spend time worrying about these things. If there is something indeed to worry about, take the time to mitigate it and decide what you'll do if it happens. But that's it. Move on. This will allow you to return to the present and live like an antelope. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time.